Hello, my name is Brad Henderson. I am one of the acquisition guys at Vinegar Syndrome, as well as Special Features Producer. I am here with Mr. Matthew Bright, writer and director of the film Freeway that we're about to watch. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm great, thank you. Um, and, uh, to just kind of jump right into it, uh, tell us a little bit about these opening credits, this animation and music that's put together. Well, it's, uh, it's I, I wrote the script character-driven, um, but I didn't have a plot and I just being a little bit lazy, I, I guess I, I just snatched uh, Little Red Riding Hood. As far as the music, um, I was very lucky to get Danny Elfman to do it. He's, he's great. And, uh, and it, it's just my luck that I've known him since we were like 13 years old and we're, you know, very close with him and his family, uh, his, his older brother, uh, Rick. And, uh, he, he, uh, he agreed to do it for basically nothing for a dollar and uh thank goodness he was around um and uh i wanted to get sort of an r crumb you know look uh i'm almost good enough artist to have done it myself but not quite and we got this girl uh, and she she did a good job i wish i could draw as good as she does and uh uh <laughs> that's a good shot um and uh she did some fine fine credits yeah so you're saying that with with, with the script that you were writing when when did the fairy tale element kind of come into play about the first 20 pages and i realized where the hell am i going with this thing and i just let the characters uh you know, write themselves. I didn't know what each page was going to be. I didn't plan it out. And I thought, well, I need something. So I just, I just took Little Red Riding Hood and sort of like trusted that I could follow that plot. And and uh, and when there were opportunities to to put something in there that that was uh, copacetic with that grim fairy tale, I did. And it was recognizable as being Little Red Riding Hood like. And uh, you know, that was it. But the 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 work on the script was really just the characters and and drawing drawing them as as well and as realistic and as a composite of people I've seen or known or loved or despised. And that's my friend Roberta Hanley, and uh, she's like this jet setter chick, and uh, that's how I remember school. I was the guy sleeping on the couch uh, <laughs> when I went to school. And that's what's her name. She's a fierce little puppy on the right. Can't remember her name. Um, uh, Tara Subkoff. Yes, Tara Subkoff. Yeah. And uh, this is the very first scene I ever shot of a movie. I never ever directed anything until this very scene. It just by coincidence this happened to be the one, and you know the opening of the movie. And uh, God, she's just something. I just love that girl. So that tell us kid. a little bit about how, uh, you know, writing this character and then meeting and, and I, I mean, tell us about the casting process for, you know, for, for the girl and then finding Reese Weatherspoon. Was that who you had a, an idea for or did that, she just come in and audition? She just came in and, and I don't even know if she auditioned. She just, you knew she was right for it. I just knew it. And, and, uh, and 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 uh, look how she turns all red when after she does this she was like 
you know, <laughs> she was making out with this complete stranger. <laughs> and uh, I was terrified that she was going to fall off that goddamn bike and ruin the film. But uh, Bo Keen did great and he didn't, he didn't kill our lead. And uh, I loved, I loved having Amanda Plummer in, in like the beginning of the movie. And I had not seen Pulp Fiction. In fact, Pulp Fiction had not even been released. And, and we both started out, both films started out with her just, you know, as whacked as, as she is. And it's sort of an interesting thing. I, you know, I didn't know any movie stars when I was a kid, but her father was like this big movie star. And he just happened to be uh, a guy that my dad played tennis with on Sundays, Saturdays and Sundays. And we were exactly the same age. And so we got, we were put in the same playpen together, apparently. I, I don't remember it, but I'm told. And uh, I, uh, I'm told by my parents that I was being reunited with uh, my baby friend. We were both about a year and a half old in that, in that crib while our dads played tennis and our moms watched. And, and um, I didn't know what to expect, but I saw her, I got to meet her during a casting session and I just loved her. I mean, I, I want to do a whole movie with her. I love that herpes she let me put on her lip. Yeah, she, she, she's very intense when she's on screen. And she's um, so funny and he's so funny. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Michael Weiss here that uh, plays the boyfriend. Uh, um... I didn't know, but I've made him, in all the movies I've done, I put Michael Weiss in, um, in, in some scene, and he sure was good. He went to a, he went to a police station, a jail rather, and, and got to see people flipping out on crack so he would know how to do it. Or meth, you know, this is, this is pre-Breaking Bad, so... He, he, you know, he didn't know because he, he's never done crack or been around those people, and uh, but I had, and uh, I was just shocked, and um, uh, it was a blast. I had a no a little point. about writing the scripts uh, with, um, you know, with these two. Like, how much did you, uh, like, how much is it directly from the script? versus maybe letting them do a little bit of improv at the time because everything oh, comes it, from natural it was from the script mm -hmm. it, it, it was script it was very uh very scripted they they did very little uh you know such work to get it to, to get all those lines you know having to walk a half a mile without the camera break or anything and, and uh you know and everybody was just so incredibly professional you know i'd I never had had the experience of working with people that weren't completely spot on uh, number one professional actors. And, and what a thrill, what a great thing. Cause I'd been on sets and seen actors that didn't have a clue what their lines were and maybe looked at the script for the first time the night before. Um, but I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And uh I had a great casting director, Mary Vernou, and she does all the casting for Oliver Stone. And uh, she never gets it wrong, ever. And, uh, you know, I had never heard of Reese Witherspoon. Um, I had never heard of Michael Weiss. Uh, but they came in and, and it, it was just instant, instant uh, knowing that they were right. 
and I, he, you know, he doesn't look like this. A really good actor seems to be able to change the shape of their head. So, you know, when they get into a character, they change so much. And he, he, his hair isn't really that sort of uh, albino ferret color. Um, it's, he, he just did it. And, and uh, they were looking at a porn movie, but uh, they, uh, with an actress by the name of Spontaneous Ecstasy, hardcore, but the censors made us take it out. So I, I, I put a, I, I put a, a little red writing cartoon in it. And uh, anyways, she was great. She really hit him. She, she was a bigger girl. He, he would have bled. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah yeah she kicked him in the mouth i remember that yeah, this is a you know the dynamic between them the, the one thing that i've always kind of admired and, and and liked about the relationships in this film is that and talk a little bit about the balance is that this movie is incredibly sleazy but it doesn't ever like and it all it's always like pushing the envelope but it doesn't really go overboard can can now did you want to go overboard and censors kind of pulled it back or was that kind of the whole idea to like, try this fine line well it was just uh, you know i didn't know what the line was and i didn't know about the censors um but uh i i did get a little bit of inspiration from uh you know any pornography that i'd ever seen some of them have some lines in them that are just incredible you know and there's some uh, sort of organic uh actor stuff going on in some of them not anymore now they're all video and but when they used to do film and stuff and i guess i used to like to watch pornography when i was 12 and 13 and and uh you know i, I got some inspiration from it uh in, in terms of dialogue and uh, you can, you know, it's, it's sort of threaded through a lot of the film and it's not always, uh, it, it's not always sexually based. It's, uh, you know, uh, porn people are incredibly dysfunctional in real life. And, and if they're called upon to uh, do uh, uh, improvisation, they're going to surprise you sometimes. And, and, uh, and, and I used it. Because you know this is this is where the ranks of of uh, porn actors come from, actresses, and 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 I even had I, I had there was a screening in San Francisco, and this woman who ran a uh, uh, organization to unionize sex workers throughout America, she has some fame. I cannot remember her name, and she came up to me afterwards and she said, "You nailed every sex worker in America with this film." And uh, I was uh, I was impressed, you know. I I, I really was. I was uh, sort of tickled pink. She said, "You uh, you you uh, spoke in our voice," and a lot of them did. And and uh, I've met them, uh, you know, and and talked to them. And one girl, uh, she was trying to raise money for her upcoming trial for uh, industrial burglary and evading the police. It was a chase on the freeway with her boyfriend who got shot dead. And that was, that was a shot of the porn movie we had. And uh, uh, another one who, uh, whose uh, mother shot her father dead uh, in the kitchen in front of her. And, and another whose mother got killed in, in front of her. And 
just whacked stuff. And oh, and and one who uh, didn't realize she was nine months pregnant until she was in the county jail and had a baby. And the the uh, doctor at the hospital at the at the uh, uh, clinic inside the county jail told her that she was uh, giving birth in any minute. Um, you know, this is crazy stuff like that. And sort of, uh, I, I put them all in it. <laughs> now, with kind of uh, the the setup for uh, a lot of these scenes, as far as like the decor and kind of the art direction and and, and whatnot, can you talk a little bit about that? Of uh, you know, kind of nailing this motel room and this skeezy area and whatnot, because the whole movie feels dirty. Like even yeah. when, uh, unless like when Brooke Shields is on screen in her home, it's all nice oh. and clean, and that's the way it's supposed to be. But the whole film has a very dirty, nasty look to it. Can you kind well, of look at Michael right now? He looks like a human hyena, and <laughs> and and, at, at, and uh, this neighborhood. I had seen it. I don't remember the the uh, why I had seen it, but it was on this you know road out by. Uh, by directly you go up say you're going up to Panga all the way back to the mountains and you get into this neighborhood and i'd seen it before and uh i just went into a motel and that that was uh i said i like this one and and uh, that's what we used and and you know these, these are real sets and and i mean these are real places that we're using as sets and they're exactly what they look like the furniture the lamps and and uh the cockroaches and the whole thing. Um, you know, we even have a scene uh, where <laughs> Reese goes out trying to pick up tricks, you know, because she's so desperate. And she didn't realize that the people she was talking to weren't extras. She, they were real people who were pulling over for her. And she was really pissed off at me for that. I'll point it out when we come to it. Um, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I love Michael Weiss. I really, I just love these. I love these actors. I love them. I mean, <laughs> it was about 110 degrees too. She had to lay on the uh, asphalt. Go, girl. God, I wish I could make a movie with her all the way through. If they ever let me do it again, I'll, I'll, I'm going to seek her out. Now with uh, Reese, with, with her accent, I mean, this is like how she normally speaks. There's a little bit, she, she, she pulls a little bit more from it to make it a little bit more, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, uh, Southern, I guess you could say. Can you kind of talk about... Uh, she, she's channeling Jola's. Mm -hmm. And... And uh, there's there's uh, you know a little bit of their their makeup and stuff. I mean, she's southern. You can tell you know a bit, but you know these are itinerant you know uh, drifters, and and so they could be from any place. And, and uh, oh, here comes Conchita. <laughs> Conchita died about a year ago. Yeah, and she, uh, she, this was she, also she, my. I'm sorry. I was always a memorable uh, character actor when yeah. when she appears on screen. Yeah, and this was like my uh, second day of shooting, and uh, you know she she uh, she taught me a few things, um, and she was a little annoyed at me. You know, you don't want to 
could have an actor doing something without any kind of activity. So we gave her an activity and it worked out, you know, fine. And the scene would not have been as, as, uh, as it was without her. She, she had such a, you know, a total pro. And I'm sorry she's gone. I am really sorry she's gone. And I'm really glad I got to work with her. See, she's going to go inside. And then she has lines and she said, what the hell am I doing? There's nothing for me to do. Just talk. And and I said, yeah, you're right. And uh, so she helps, uh, she helps, she helps Vanessa pack. That was at the time, that was the oldest porn star in America. Grandma. Uh, who, who, who was that? What was her name? I can't name? remember her name. Can't remember her name, but she was a porn actress working, and uh, they didn't. She was the first one who uh, apparently she uh, got the ball for granny porn going, and and uh, she was uh, Reese's grandma. <laughs> this is where Conchita said, "What the hell am I going to be doing?" And now we're going to give her stuff to do. She yelled at me, but I learned. They helped me get professional. I mean, the only, the only, you know, neophyte not knowing what the hell they're doing was me. <laughs> this girl, this girl knew everything. And also she's got like a 200 IQ. I don't know if people know it because I, you know, I don't watch television much. I don't live in the U.S. I haven't in decades. And, and, uh, but this girl impressed upon me her intelligence she's you know she's like what she's like 17 18 years old and and uh she she's just brilliant she's just a brilliant teenager i met a few of them before and, and she was uh, just stellar in, in her intelligence she could be anything she wanted she could be president she could be dictator of the u.s she beat them all and uh I just can't express how much, how much, how impressed I am by Reese Witherspoon. She can do anything. She's, she's kind of, in terms of her quality of work, is she's the American Vanessa Redgrave, I think. And and people laugh because she's got a Southern accent, or you know, she's American and all that. And uh, I might have gone a little overboard on the dialogue in this one, in this scene. Um, but, you know, they pulled it off and Bokeem sure knows what he's doing. And how we could shoot this thing, I mean, without, you know, fainting. We're by the freeway and, and like really nasty neighborhoods and it's all, it's all cement and concrete and it's in July and it is so hot. I mean, murderous hot and, and people were fainting all over the place. Not these two. She was always cool, calm, and collected, except when she was pissed off at me. <laughs> I didn't see. They want to know what what I'm thinking of because I'm the writer and the director, and I, I don't know. I had it in my head that I wasn't going to tell them anything because I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know if it was going to be funny or you know. I just knew I didn't want to do some maudlin. Oh, tug at your heartstrings. That's pornography when you're manipulating people, 
you know, when you're, you want to make them cry or feel something or anything like that, you got to go with your character. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And it wasn't supposed to happen. And, and I guess there were some people, uh, you know, that, that told me, don't you dare try to do a, you know, uh, one of those uh, sappy, uh, you know, make people cry about the the harshness of life for, you know, the underclass in America, and, and that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's what these. This is the underclass of America that that Vanessa is representing, but the absolute uh, top uh, top level. I mean, you can't play dumber than you are. You can't. Nobody can pull that off. They're just going to do bad acting. So, so her intelligence, everybody's intelligence comes through, whatever it is. If they're dull, they'll be dull actors. If they're, if they're brilliant, they're going to be brilliant actors. And she's, she's just, I never met anybody like that. Just a few, actually. She sure is smarter than me, I'll tell you that. You tell us about how Oliver Stone kind of got involved and in, 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 in what uh, kind of his his role was uh, as oh, the I had, producer. I had all these producers that were trying to get it made and, you know, they didn't get what it was about and they were sort of carny and I'd never made a film before and and uh, they didn't get it and, and uh, we couldn't get it made for love or money and, and uh, I, I, some of them, you know, they had reputation. Actors like this didn't want to work with them. They were like, you know, carny people or something. And, and uh, I have a friend, a guy I knew. I can't say he was a friend, but I knew him. And he worked for Oliver Stone. And Oliver's always looking for scripts. And he gave Oliver the script. And Oliver got back to him and said, what the hell? This is great. And uh, I'd love to do it. And he told Oliver, he said, well, Matthew wants to direct it. He didn't know me, and he just—he was like, "Okay, I'm going to let Matthew direct it. We're going to go out for actors because we, the bank, wouldn't come up with money unless we uh, had uh, actors that they would approve." And right off the bat, we got John Travolta, and they wouldn't accept him because John Travolta hadn't been in his his career was, you know, they get movie stars they go up and down and up and down, but they always come back. But he was on a down uh, phase and they wouldn't accept him. So we went for 20 actors and everyone who looked at the part, cause it was, you know, it's, the guy is such a scumbag. And uh, Kiefer, God bless him. He, he, he uh, was the last guy on the list. And uh, um, uh, so the movie got a green light and, and, uh, and here he is. This is so his John appearance. Travolta was originally cast at one point as no he wasn't cast he just said i want to do it and yeah. they wouldn't accept um, the bank wouldn't accept him they're just bloody idiots and and uh but at least i mean i was afraid they wouldn't accept Kiefer, but they did accept Kiefer. thank goodness and uh we got to make the film and keith Kiefer, you know um he's sane he he, he is possessed of sanity and every morning he he'd get up and and he he, he say to himself I, I hear him talking to himself god this guy is such a scumbag he would be saying to himself he's such a piece of crap um but he'd do it and he played it smarmy and nasty and creepy and he's everything i could want he didn't have a lot of patience with 
uh, when you didn't, when a director didn't know what he was doing, he'd, he'd get, he'd get mad like Conchita. And, and, uh, I annoyed the hell out of him a lot of times. Um, but, uh, you know, cause I didn't say what I was doing and, and I just, I, I, I didn't want them to know. I wanted them to have their character. They weren't the writers, they're the actors and, and they can improvise if they got something good, great. And, and, uh, I accepted everything they did in the way of improvisation. Um, cause they were always spot on and, uh, um, but it, it, it was annoying. It wasn't a real fun process for them. They were great at it. They, they, they loved what was created when they finally saw it, they were like, wow. Um, but I, 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 I stressed them out, you know, a number of times and they felt like they were, you know, standing on a tightrope or something. And, and uh, uh, this scene when they meet, it was great. It was great. Yeah, Kiefer brings uh, another level um, to in, in this film. And uh, I mean, he's a great actor, one, but how, how much did did he add to the mix um, as being kind of a seasoned well, actor? Like, what, did he give you any advice? Did he, you know, because he plays this role so well. Yeah, he didn't give me if he gave me advice, it was in it was in a tone of contempt, you know, for me not knowing it. So there were times when I'd go to meet him, and when I felt particularly incompetent, I would get up in the morning and I would have a stomach ache, knowing we were going to meet. And 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 uh, you know, and I, I I didn't get anything by him or anything. And he told me when I was screwing up, and and uh, you know, I, I I took it. You know, directors are supposed to you know, keep actors, you know, happy and, and, and uh, dry their tears and, and uh, keep them from having a nervous breakdown and all that. But I'm like, you know, as messed up as, and they're messed up because they're standing out there naked, basically, in front of the whole world. Me, I'm just like that all the time. So, you know, <laughs> there were there were moments they loved. There were moments that when they were really happy, but there were also moments when where they were going, "What the hell is this guy? Where is this guy coming from? He won't even speak." You know, I won't address it, and uh, so this is what it is. Um, but it was a great experience. I'm so glad I had it, and I'm so glad I got to know these people. It, it was a privilege. It really was. I, I love that. I, 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 well, I don't know. I'd take a bullet for it, but I'd want to. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, you, you've created a, a a movie that was, you know, some. I, I consider this one of the kind of the staples in 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 uh, the the rental aspect of of uh, of the video store around that time. That this this has gained popularity more and more. Uh, through the years, as as time goes on, um, so you're definitely you definitely did something right. Um, but when did you kind of notice that this was you know kind of taking off in that direction of of becoming a kind of a cult favorite, a cult film? Why don't you begin with your mother? I never knew. I had no idea. I was living in Cambodia. I just didn't know. Um, I, when I found out, I was pleased, obviously, because I wanted to be seen. You want your films to be seen. You want them to be liked. I, I wanted, I did it for the audience, I guess. And 
and uh, and I, I I met people who I met I met uh, a lot of people that knew me as well as if they'd known me for years after watching this film, which you know you do you or at least the person I was back then, and and uh, I'm much older now, and I'm not that person, but. Um, it was uh, so that people come up and they want to know you. They already know you. They want to talk to you. There's a real reason for it. And and uh, and I'm interested in them because I did the movie for them. And, and so uh, I don't know how to describe it. I may it may be that I sound like gibberish, but but uh, anyways. No, no. I mean, I I, I think all that. You know all who that, that is, is, right? Do you know who that is? Was that uh, um, that was was it somebody's was it Reese's father? It's Reese's father in the film, but in real life, it's Richard Speck. Oh, the, the the serial killer <laughs> killed he, he killed six nurses in one day, you know, and he went in and killed six nurses. He just had the most serial killer face I ever saw, so I used it. Boy. I'm, I guess I'm proud of this dialogue. This was some good dialogue. I don't know if I ever reached this level again. Um, I was in the middle of a terrible, terrible divorce. Uh, maybe that had something to do with it. Oh, Reese. What a girl. <laughs> with um, Now, with kind of this dynamic between the two of them, um, this is something again that that really works, and they bring so much to the table to where you know, yes, he is this big bad wolf, this serial killer, but at times it just it doesn't feel like he is at you know what I'm saying? It's like we we know what's gonna happen, but we kind of give him the benefit oh. of the doubt, it feels. Um, for me, yeah, because anyway. yeah, you have you know, to that, that's what we do. But this scene right here is where they really gelled. Because if you'll notice, there's no camera break, and they're doing their lines. You can't, you can't just go out and get an actor, you know, that's not totally 100% professional, top tier, grade A, triple, you know, whatever. I mean, there's no break, and they're doing all their lines, and they're getting it in one take. I mean, that's like Patsy Cline. She, she never had to take two takes she'd do live television and, and never got a note wrong never went out of tune and neither did anyone else on this film reese when i first saw her she, you know what occurred to me is she was like the only thing that i could think of that reminded me of her was Jimi hendrix at the whiskey and i was four feet away from him watching him and i was 12 years old and just so blown away and that's what she did with me and you'll notice that Kiefer is like right there with her they're both two professionals and they're both locking uh locking together professionally and and nailing it just nailing it um i mean my god and it's this isn't even the end of the scene it's it's you know they're gonna keep on going oh there we go and uh this was quite a this was quite a moment actually shooting um i i was i you know you'd have to be there and in my shoes but i was almost in tears at, at how well they did it and i was worried about it 
you know, because I didn't know. I, I'd never, I couldn't do it. And they just did it. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'll be forever grateful. You there? Oh yeah, no, no. I'm I'm just enjoying okay. I'm enjoying what you're saying here. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking to you. This is this is about you. Um, yeah. No, I mean the the thing that really works with this film, like I said, is is the dynamic between the characters, which you have obviously already said that you wanted to write a script that had characters and characterization, and character driven, and that's something that you know, that really works. And it's almost like kind of this Southern fried, like exploitation at the same time of something that's kind of polished, but at the same, and you have a sleazy aspect, but at the same time, like it doesn't really like ever go over the line. Um, and we well, do that, care about Some people it. would disagree with you. Some people would disagree. Yeah, I mean, I think any uptight person would disagree with that, but I, yeah. I think that for uh, as the longevity of this film uh, has, uh, you know, from 1996 to when it premiered to, you know, now we're in 2022, um, a lot has changed since then, and you obviously can't get away with some of the things that are in this film. Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't hurt the film. N nothing feels out of place. And do you say that do you think that it would be censored even more today? Oh, absolutely. Really? I, I think so. I think so. It would have to it would have to be on like HBO or something. Yeah, it, this would have that. to be a very independent movie at this point. I mean, I mean, this was kind of independent when you made it, but you wouldn't be able to get Kiefer Sutherland and Reese Weatherspoon, like those types of, you know, uh, you wouldn't be able to get stars probably. I don't know. But it's just a lot has changed uh, through the time. But this film, what I'm saying is it has aged well, uh, you know, e even with its kind of grittiness and sleaziness. But the one thing that really works for this, and this is uh, I, this is the why I'm talking and I'm kind of amounting to this question, is that the comedy in this film is incredibly well done. How much of it is it intentional versus kind of just kind of falling into place? Zero, all falling into place, every bit of it. I never went for a laugh, except a few like uh, physical things, like picture a grandma or, or, you know, that sort of thing. But it it just it it came out. I've noticed the best actors are very funny, anyways. Um, they just are, and and uh, this could have been a very down, boring, uh, you know unhappy film you know with people trying to push a, a, a point of view which is just the worst thing a writer could do i mean the worst then it just becomes like personal propaganda or something moronic shit and 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 uh, that's that's not this and it, it helped that i didn't tell him anything i didn't i didn't because i didn't know and i couldn't say explicitly i don't know what it is i don't know if it's comedy i don't know if it's drama i don't know if it's uh you know uh, heavy dark you know i don't know i don't know shit um i just but i i trust because of the actors that that um i've wanted and and used the actors i've chosen for this um i know they'll nail it 
and whatever it is, it's going to be a surprise to all of us. And it certainly was. It certainly was. This is this is all. Uh, it's all. It's being written right here. Um, even though the lines are written, it's still being written right here. The 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 feel of it, and, and I'm not I'm not going for an atmosphere. I'm letting them uh, I'm letting them nail it. The atmosphere comes out of what they do and what they say and and how they not what they say but how they say it all that and there was humor in it but i mean when you th think about it there's nothing funny about it it's it's hideous uh until she nails them and, and uh oh god um yeah those <laughs> what can i say what can i say that i haven't said well, I mean, for one, I mean, a lot of just what we just witnessed here, you know, Reese's lines, Vanessa's lines, they're very, you know, uh, as a as a child would speak as a, if they were abused. Um, but she delivers it in such a uh, with finesse in, in a way to where like it's innocent, but she has made kind of terms with it. And, and, and there's and it's not funny. But there is this kind of dark humor that Reese adds to the character. And then obviously you have Kiefer Sutherland here who is totally getting off on everything that she is saying. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's he, playing pocket pool. Right. And, and just the way he kind of uh, works his way into these scenes as this it, – it's incredibly sinister. And that's why I, I, I have always kind of gravitated to this movie is because uh, the one thing I learned um, as a filmmaker myself is kind of seeing an actor use these lines and and just when he's hearing it, he doesn't even need to say anything. It's just his reactions on his face, that sinister yeah. look in his eyes, that, that, that half smirk. And I just think both actors just did a, a, a wonderful um, job, especially in this sequence, because I think this is the defining moment in this movie where it kind of it. This is about where it takes that turn. Um, yeah. But it takes the turn early. I think was that always the intention? Because you think that the film is going to amount to this ending, but we are in a little bit. Kiefer is going to get his face blown off. Was that always the intention to because it feels like we're almost at the end of the movie already, <laughs> but yeah. we still have this a way to go. Uh, was that always the intention to kind of have that, um, you know, the brutalization of Kiefer Sutherland, uh, you know, in, in, in that moment in the middle of the movie? It was uh, I didn't even think about it. I just uh, I felt that it was time. You know, I did. We knew he was fooling her. We knew he was bad news. And and uh, we uh, we did the uh, we just did it the way we did it, <laughs> um, and I, I couldn't end it. I wanted to get more of these characters in there because I was, as I said, I was writing about characters, and 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 I was I was not writing about characters, but writing characters, and that's all that interested me in it. So, um, you know, all those people, it's, it's Little Red Riding Hood, but it's more. It's, it's about, you know, it's about America's working class. And, and uh, well, actually even lower than the working class. It's, it's more like the servile classes, um, the people I care about. 
these are the people I care about. Not him, but her and her family and, and all the people she's going to meet and everything. And I must smoke a cigarette. Absolutely reached my fucking limit with people like you, Vanessa. What kind of people am I supposed the to be? The and tell us a little bit about your relationship with Reese as kind of a, as an actor on and off set, and because um, this is one of her first movies in in her career, yeah, it really kind of propelled her forward. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, well, this scene right here. I mean, this is this blew me away. I mean. I, I couldn't believe what she was doing. And, and she does this throughout the film, new new moments where I'm being surprised. And I, I was just, just uh, you know, taken with it. The script basically informed her of everything she needed to know or felt she needed to know. And I think she was right. Um, I mean, it scared the shit out of me looking at it. And, and, uh, I, I just, I just, I was in awe. I was speechless at how good she was here. And uh, the relationship, it was, uh, you know, she knew I was a newbie, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> she, she tried not to be too annoyed at times, but, um, you know, she, she, she'd get that way, but as soon as it said action, she just nailed it. And, and every time, I mean, there's so many takes, every single take I, I could have used, I, I could have, you know, cut this with completely different shots and it still would have been good. Um, what can I say? Oh God. And, and I, I guess this, this part did get some laughs, uh, you know, but they were still horrified. I remember in Korea, they were terrified. They were screaming at this film festival uh, in Seoul. Oh, God. I don't think I've ever seen her, you know, I, I don't think she's ever had as uh, a script that was as uh, right for her as this, 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 uh, this got it. Yeah. And that, that like I said, that, that's what works. We also have, like you said, you know, Reese is incredibly intelligent and that works in the sense of, even in this film where she is, you know, quote unquote dumb, but she's very, very smart on the street and she knows what she's doing. Um, and she's not dumb at all. <laughs> you know, she may not be book smart, but she definitely has like the street smarts to it and outsmarts the book smart guy, obviously, as the killer who doesn't have street smarts. Um, and th th that's kind of a fun dynamic, especially the age difference, because what she's supposed to be 16, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, she's 17 in real life. Yeah, I mean, so she's she's really, you know, kind of playing playing herself here. Uh, you know, it's not that much of an age difference. 
Um, no. <laughs> but yeah, she brings a lot to the table um, in this on, on 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 many fronts. Yeah, yeah, she's she's she's. <laughs> I was just boy, it's the it's the Reese Witherspoon Appreciation Hour, but you know, damn it, she's she she earned it. Where did she learn to do this? I don't know, but she nailed it. Go Reese. <laughs> now tell us about uh when Kiefer sutherland came into uh the film because like you said you originally john travolta wanted it but did you read for other actors like when did Kiefer kind of come in because he already had oh, we didn't we didn't read for any other actors because nobody wanted to even you know audition for it they they weren't into it and i don't think Kiefer auditioned for it either i i, I mean i knew he'd be great um and uh, if he said he wanted to do it, I was ready to, you know, to do it. And, and uh, it was a thankless task playing this terrible man. Um, you know, for an actor, I guess it's cool, and it, it, it interested him. I, I mean, it, he had to use every bit of his talent to 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 nail it. Uh, you know, so it, it it's. it's you know something an actor would want but it's also you know very makes you feel queasy those lines and, and what he's what he's playing and everybody got into it really deeply deeply and and uh, so it affected them very much so uh, you know this was an appalling uh, thing to do and you have to go through some mental gyrations if you're a real actor you know uh, to to, to be affected by who that character is and and uh, you know so he was living with this guy this this monster uh, for the entire uh, time that he had to learn the lines and the entire time he had to to say them and 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 act it and and it was not pleasant so in that respect he suffered he he, he went through some suffering there's no question about it um I mean, this guy has absolutely not a single redeeming feature, none. And uh, it's not like, you know, putting on a monster mask or something. I mean, he's he's really uh, he's really ghastly. And then we sort of in a lot of ways, we sort of take off from the uh, Little Red Riding story and, and go beyond that. Um, and. I mean, granted, there's no grandma in this scene. What big teeth you have, but you know that'll be there. But uh, it's 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 all the characters. It's and and the plot is just something for them to do while they express those characters. But mm -hmm. like Conchita, you know, helping Reese pack her socks and underwear and stuff. It, it, it's the same thing. Um, but. I mean, she's she's badder than Sylvester Stallone in this. She's badder than uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Die Hard or you know those things. She's she's right up there. She's she's in the pantheon of tough guys. Well, and she hasn't even like she hasn't even really went through the shit yet because she's just about to get out of this, but now she has a whole nother journey that she's going to have to face, uh, yeah. you know, after this. Yeah, he's respectable and she's not. Yeah, this was a this was a good scene. 
I mean, look at her. Look at her go. It's like, it's like an armed Tweety Pie. <laughs> well, it's the thing is, like, you know, she, she brings in, you know, you know, maybe reading your script as just the script, it reads differently, but she added so much flavor to it as as far oh, yeah. as kind of the dark humor. Um, it, 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 I, I watched this probably, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe a couple months ago and, and just, you know, took down some notes and I actually watched it with, uh, with my wife and she just cracked up the entire time, <laughs> you know, because that, that's kind of how Reese Weatherspoon delivers those lines. It, it, there is this, uh, good dark humor that's behind it. Um, yeah. But it's, it's for her. Yeah, at least. I mean, I know that wasn't really an intentional for you. That just kind of fell into place. But it's something yeah. that she added, that she brought. Um, and maybe it wasn't funny in 1996. <laughs> you know, but oh, no. I, I, it was I, funny. I was there, there, was, there, there was humor in it, but you have to get over the fact that the guy's got a bullet in his neck and and uh, he's hemorrhaging all over the place. And, you know, so... It's uh oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Great humor. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what now when where did this first premiere? Did you did you take this to AFM or did was it at at, at Cannes? Like it went to it went to Sundance. Okay. And so we had a really cool Well, we had a they like everybody liked it. And uh, they they had a great reviewer who was coming to do it. I mean, we didn't know what they were going to say or anything, but the reviewer got a, it was a reviewer, I think, for Hollywood Reporter or something. And uh, um, there was a storm, really bad storm. And it was terrifying to drive. And they couldn't get up there, so they couldn't see the premiere. So they couldn't write the review. So uh, we had another reviewer there that worked for the same paper i think it was hollywood reporter i'm not sure and um they wrote a review and this person was just appalled by this film thought it was the most hideous horrible revolting uh piece of of evil uh that they'd ever seen and hated it and and uh, so i got the worst review in the world like the next day the worst and and uh so i i was very depressed. I thought the film had completely bombed and, and uh, nobody liked it. And uh, I didn't know. And I, I just felt terrible, just terrible. And uh, I think I took a sleeping pill I, uh, that somebody had so I wouldn't have to think about it. Um, but uh, then uh, I think they wrote a review during another review on another film that person mentioned freeway and said they were full of shit and it was really a good film and they just didn't get it um but anyways it uh and you know and i told you i don't live in the u.s i haven't lived in the u.s in a long time and i at that time i think i was living in mexico and boy did it it took off in mexico and it took off in france really big time they loved it there um and uh, I felt good about that. It's like that Woody Allen movie. He has a movie that bombs, and but the French like it, so his career's not over. Uh, and uh, thank God for France. They they said it was a mind roasting film, whatever that means. But uh, 
I got sort of an idea and I was, I was happy with it. So, um, you know, the, even after the review and I felt so terrible, it, it, uh, uh, there were some things that, that sort of lessened the, the thing. Cause I'd never gotten a review about anything. I'd never written a film. I was just expecting every review to be like that. And that was not the case at all. I just got a, I just got a, I just got one bad review, and unfortunately, it was the first one. Now, how how did this do on video um, over here? I have no idea, no idea at all. Um, after I, the edit was over, and after Sundance, um, I I left, and uh, I started uh, having people come up to me in Mexico, where it was called a date with a wolf, and um, they. Uh, they were impressed with it. Uh, there's a. Uh, there's a. I don't know. You're gonna have to edit that part. I I lost my train of thought watching it. No, no, that, that that's that's okay. Um, so when did you first kind of notice this becoming or this kind of coming back as far as uh, becoming a cult favorite? And, um, you know, people talking about Freeway again and eventually, uh, you know, refer, uh, returning to do, uh, you know, Freeway 2 years later. Um, you mean uh, the one with Natasha Leon? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. We didn't really intend to I didn't intend to make a remake of, of that. I, I was doing a different fairy tale altogether. Uh, fairy tales did well, so I did Hansel and Gretel. Um, <laughs> I love that picture. Um, uh, but um, I, I, I really was not really aware of it. I, I, I didn't know, um, and I didn't know it's. Uh, oh, here we go, Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Matthew. Um, I dressed her up like a rich Persian lady. I, I, now, I now, at this point, we're introduced to a few new characters, you know, Wolfgang uh, Bodison, uh, Brooke Shields, uh, Dan here. So how did how did you get this array of, of especially Brooke Shields? Um, that was uh, that was um, Mary Vernou. Um, I had another actress lined up for this, this Vietnamese girl. She was in a film that Oliver Stone had made and she was the star of it, but she wasn't an actress. And I just thought I'd give him in, uh, this this Asian mail order bride wife, but uh, then Brooke said she wanted to do it, and uh, I was up for it big time. And there were people who complained about having Brooke in it, not producers or anything. Oh, Brooke Shields, you know, like she's some kind of establishment person. I said, Are you crazy? Did you see uh, Did you see that movie she did with Louis Mal? Are you crazy? Um, and uh, I was delighted and she was great and fun to be around and all that. And these two, uh, they had some arguments together. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they were, uh, they were, um, you know, more super professional actors. Well, they had a fun dynamic um, yeah. into it as well between the age difference and obviously one's white, one's black. They're both coming through different, uh, 
you know, different backgrounds and, um, you know, just kind of how they both operate, which I think is, it adds a lot of flavor uh, to the film too. Yeah, there's a scene where, he, where um, what's his name again? Wolfgang Bodison. Yeah, Wolfgang and the other him. Uh, um, Dan, um, Dan Hedaya. Hedaya, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a, there was a, a scene where they're jumping in their car and, and Wolfgang is driving and he almost ran over uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Dan and uh, I, I thought they were going to come to blows. I thought Dan was going to punch him or something, but fortunately, I got between them, and and it was okay. They they there was some chemistry, but they didn't appreciate the chemistry. They were uh, <laughs> they were on uh, they were at odds instantly, you know, and and I don't know why. Uh, you know, it's just part of the process. People, uh, you know, they they have conflicts sometimes, and, and uh, but Wolfgang was always uh, okay. Dan was more the aggressor in that. Uh, I don't know why. I just don't. Um, this is just set drama. <laughs> well, he, he's also a, a very intimidating person. Even even if he is uh, smaller, he's a very intimidating actor i always thought yeah he was so great and blood simple and and i was just so happy to have him i mean you you've seen blood simple everybody's yeah, it's wonderful just wonderful I, I haven't seen him in a while uh don't know what he's retired from acting i believe he did yeah i believe so i believe so Oh, that's too bad. That's what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to work with him, please. I would absolutely love to work with him. Now, uh, the, the film, again, uh, w once we kind of introduce the, the police and, you know, um, the wife, the film kind of takes a, uh, a, a shift change as far as like now, you know, it's the, the cinematography is a little bit different. The set's different, obviously, because she's in, you know, a holding um, but the film kind of changes pace. Again, was that somewhat intentional or did that just kind of how the flow of the movie went? Just how the flow went. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't uh, intend for that, but of course it did it on its own. It did it naturally. Um, you know, right here, we're not in Little Red Riding Hood anymore. It's a, it's a loose adaptation of Little Red Riding Hood and right. I just borrowed it. But, uh, you know, but it, it, it goes beyond that. And, but it ends in Little Red Riding Hood. It's just, you know, this, there's a divergence from that plot. Uh, otherwise, the film would be 45 minutes long. <laughs> and, and I had a lot more to, to write and say and to exhaust it. I mean, I could have made it for three hours long, and I, I would have, too, if they let me. That would have been a blast. Um, <laughs> yeah that that would have been a good idea um but anyways this is more of the class thing as opposed to the grim fairy tale i mean it's 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 very loose uh um references 
Yeah, but I mean, even still, we have this, you know, young, young girl, 16, who just faced uh, one, probably one of the more traumatic experiences that she will probably face in her in her life. And she's already been through so much with, you know, being abused at home, having a, you know, drug infested family, uh, you know, obviously this and now the system isn't even helping her. Um, so it's like another monster that she has to face. Uh, with with kind of that running this you know character through the ringer um as when 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 you're when you're uh writing this how, how tell us about a little about your writing process of you know kind of just keeping at it with with you know kind of just <laughs> punching down on this character in a way where she you know she just can't like what's her break she doesn't have a breaking point which is good um she's very tough and it was that kind of the intention of you wanted to make this just this tough teenager yes I, I i did want that but i have a process of writing i don't know anyone else who does this um and it, it makes my it makes the process more difficult for me but i literally don't know what's going to happen until i write it in other words i'll write a scene to begin the first scene and then it writes itself and then uh, when i write that i know what's going to happen you know when i'm in the middle of it the next scene and then the next day and the next day and the next day and and when it feels like it's time to wrap it up i i start that process and and the film ends and, and the, the script ends and and i was just having too much fun with uh Kiefer and, and uh, reese <laughs> yeah, it's a good moment um i uh i i just didn't like the brevity of of what happens in the grim fairy tale i couldn't stick to that you know it's and she kills the wolf the end or the hunter kills the wolf or something so i uh i um It's 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 just my process, and it's nothing you can learn in a uh, script writing school. It, it goes against all the rules. You just have to have faith that you've got what it takes to, you know, to keep it interesting. And if you can't keep it interesting, you just throw what you you've done away because it wasn't right to begin with. Um, but <laughs> yeah, butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember all this. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now, was there different variations of what you wanted him to look like? Yeah, he kind of fought with me. Um, he didn't. I had one outfit. One thing. It took eight hours to put on, but he couldn't take it. And there's a little shot in when she has a bad dream that you can see it, and. Uh, what I had planned for her when she's in jail. And it's a quick, quick shot. Um, but it would have necessitated him, uh, you know, getting to work at 3 a.m. and having makeup put on until noon. And, uh, you know, we didn't really have that, that luxury. Um, I had my girlfriend at the time in this scene, loved this one. Susan Barnes. I'm still friends with her. We're Facebook bunkies. Hello there, lady. 
and I try to get her in everything I do. She was great. I think I, 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 I believe I first saw her in that movie, um, Repo Man. Yeah, that's it. And let's see, where's my girlfriend? I can't see her. She's around. She just plays an extra. And um, what else? And then we are uh, now we're going to be introduced to another array uh, of uh, characters here. Yes, Brittany Murphy. She was a child. She's just a child at this in this film um, in real life. Um, her, she had her mother on the set. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so sad that she died. I just I had to pull over when I heard it. I was driving. And. Uh, She's something else. Beautiful kid and a child. She she was a child when she made this, and and uh, but she nailed it. And I guess after that, she did that film Girl Interrupted, and played another psycho. I guess she would have had a career playing psychos. Um, <laughs> well, she does a good job of playing, you know, the the balance between unstable but also harmless. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, she she adds, uh, and then we also have uh, Elena Ubach that uh, that pops up. Who uh, eventually that started a life uh, long friendship between her and Reese Weatherspoon because they still work together. Um, yeah, on various projects and of oh, course so glad. films together. So that they're still very good friends. Um, but yeah, she's, no, so, they're, they're, she's so fun. She, Alana is great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just another just it, it takes. Let's so say that there's such a, a, a like a universal shift in this film where we it almost becomes another film, you know, a, 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 like it's almost like a, a like a sequel at times <laughs> of where it's a completely different direction. But it's good because it it is building this character and this world building. And like you said, you wanted to write a, a, a script with characters and characterization. Well, here you go. So yeah. Yeah, and I love having all, you know, widening it out and having more characters than just Reese and, and, and Kiefer. I like having, um, you know, more people. And everybody was just so, you know, such a mess. All these girls. You only gotta worry about me. <laughs> yeah, she's, those two crazy women parts that, uh, that uh, Brittany played this one and, and Girl Interrupted were memorable, all right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who did uh, who wrote that character, Girl Interrupted. I don't know how much was Brittany and how much was the writer and director, but uh, wow, what a what a character, unforgettable. She was kind of unforgettable in this too, but like I said, she was a child when she made this. I don't know how old she was, but it doesn't matter how old she was. She was a child. But even, even, even all this, again, it's just so comical, but it's just, just so to the strength. But I think that's what's so funny is because Reese Weatherspoon is such a small, you know, cute and young girl at this point. 
but she's just so relentlessly mean and wow. just stands up for herself. And I think that's what adds the comedy. I honestly, if you had anybody, any other actors play that, this movie uh, probably would have worked, but I don't think it would have worked as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because she, 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 she just, she, she took your script and just added, you know, there's just so much flavor that she adds in the sense of the, in comedy I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, just, it's, it, it really is kind of, uh, a very underrated performance from her. Um, uh, I think. Yeah. I never heard, I never heard anybody mention it in the reviews or anything. Um, it just, uh, sort of just, uh, they, they mostly focused on Reese and Kiefer, and that was it. But uh, I think we're going to get a shot of what Kiefer would have looked like if uh, <laughs> if he hadn't freaked out at the at the makeup job I had for him. But uh, he's still, it still worked out. And there's the uh, there's the granny, the uh, porn actress. Here we go. You're going to see it in just a second, I think. No, I guess not. You'll see it later. You can't remember. Anybody in, anybody watching this on video, I, I uh, urge them to, when we go into the dream sequence, to freeze it when Keeper comes on and, uh, and his Keeper and his other makeup guys. Special makeup. Yeah, it got very violent, this film, at this point. Maybe too much. I'm not sure. No, I, I, I think it's just I think it's just the right amount. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm sort of an insecure guy. Sometimes. No, I mean, it, it gives, you know, around this time, that this came out 1996 uh, with kind of the release of Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction really revolutionized the, the idea of like indies. And there was a bunch of copycats that came out uh, along that way. And there's a lot of, and it was a directional uh, thing. Cause it, every so often there are those films uh, every decade that kind of shift the, how movies are made, how movies mm -hmm. are and everything and Pulp Fiction is one of them and even though like you said Pulp Fiction wasn't out at the time like even when you were making this uh, when that hit the theater and home video it, it changed a lot and we had a very very different outlook on indies and people started looking at that stuff um, and I think that with, with kind of uh, the balance in this film with everything that goes along I think that's what made this survive and stand out uh, well i i uh, i always love those uh indie movies with uh soundtracks with a lot of fuzz tones on the guitar this guy uh um i guess he had something to do with making this film too it, it was a very cruel environment he was the first uh politician to do stunt the girl on the far left and back was my girlfriend at the time and uh, I, I, there's a political aspect in the film. And that's why I was, you know, one of the reasons I was doing it uh, was I wanted to portray people that usually aren't seen on films, except for 
slight references when you see uh you know some of these uh pulp fiction and i'm not talking about tarantino's film i'm talking about pulp movies um you know that they're, they're uh you know made up with you know motorcyclists in vietnam or something and, uh, you know uh trashy movies yeah well, I mean, this film definitely, like I said, it has that good balance of, of being sleazy and trashy, but at the same time, it's it's polished enough to, you know, make it mainstream. Yeah, and this is the, you know, there's the politics in it is, is that uh, Bob Wolverton and his wife are uh, respectable and Reese and her people are not respectable. And, and you know, that, that had a, that, the, that element was in the film and, and that was I guess that's very serious uh, and uh, I mean I didn't try to milk it or anything but I did want to want to portray them from the very beginning even before I I, I uh, when I started writing it now, here we go now you're going to see Kiefer's the makeup job I kind of wanted to put on there. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. There, he saw it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more wider face. Oh, there, there we go. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the one I wanted to use, but my God. And the first time he put it on, the teeth fell off. So, you know, it, we didn't, it was just too much. <laughs> too many hours and too many, uh, too many uh, pieces to fall off if he just, you know, made a move. You'd have to walk like on eggshells all the time. And here's, here's Brittany's opus where she really earned her peace. And, uh, and I, was, I was going for a, uh, what's the word uh you know uh, exploitation i it was a pan to exploitation movies this scene i, I guess it should have had a fuzz tone guitar in it in the background <laughs> good Now, as, as far as Brittany Murphy in the, in this film, was she one that read uh, for for the part? Mm -hmm. Yes, and I enjoyed it so much that I keep calling her back. I wanted, I was going to use her anyways, but I kept calling her back because I was enjoying it and I was finding it so inspiring to watch her do it. So you know, and it wasn't a big deal for her, and you know, until it was, and I said, "Look, you got the part. I'm just having fun." I love watching what you're doing. And as I'd watch her doing what she was doing, I would feel better about the film, you know, all these people bringing something to it. And of course I hadn't seen Reese act yet, um, but I, lo I, I loved her and, and, uh, and I was watching her do her work. If Reese had auditioned, I would have called her back too, just because I enjoyed watching it. I had a lot of fun on this film. You know, I had a, I had a lot of butterflies in my stomach and, and, some anxiety and all that but all in all uh i had a wonderful time it, it was just wonderful and so memorable and, and everybody just you know there's nobody that didn't uh 
didn't bring me uh, great joy watching them work. And I fell in love with actors at that point. That's when I realized I, I really liked them. I didn't really like them beforehand. I'd been a writer and I'd been on set and I'd, you know, and seen them, and, and, but I didn't understand. And, and the successful ones seemed arrogant and the ones that weren't successful weren't any good. And, and uh, it, was a, it was a nasty characterization. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know anything. Here, I got to love them. I love actors. They live in their head. Actors live in their head. And so they seem spacey or something, you know, like Anne Hesch or something that, you know, that her spaciness was legendary. But they all kind of have that. They're, they have to live in their heads to be good. And, and uh, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just a part of it. They're not narcissistic. They're not self-absorbed. They're just, you know, required by the nature of their occupation to to promote and develop a, a intensely colorful in, internal life inter, yeah an internal life and and um it makes them seem like they're in outer space but they're not they're they're just normal people and and uh oh this girl love her she was great this kid's so sniffy. I, I I met her a few years ago for the first time, and she was, uh, you know, uh, a fierce little puppy. And she looks exactly the same. Twenty years later, after the film was made, she was just exactly physically exactly the same. Yeah, no. Sipkoff looks exactly the same even to this day. Yes. And she was married to this super famous art, uh, yeah, painter. I can't remember his name. You'd recognize it. I can't recognize it. They got divorced, and he gave her a present, which was like a 500-horsepower, 1,000-pound Porsche. And, and <laughs> I mean, the most scariest car I've ever seen in my life. I was terrified for it. There we go. <laughs> Something's wrong with me. <laughs> Seriously, something's wrong with me to do this film. Um, you know, not the film so much as like just these characters. What are they? Uh, is it a way, you know, being, you know, 22 years, 23 years since I made the film or wrote the script, uh, I guess I was a different person. Um, and also, I, I was very flippant in terms of uh, racial uh, abuse, you know, within the film. And since this last administration, I can't even imagine doing something like that anymore. So in that respect, I feel terrible about it. But, um, you know, it, 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 I didn't take it as seriously as I should have, racism. But it's part of the uh, politics of this film too, to include it. And yeah, no, it's it's part of the system. You're right. You probably wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get away with what you're you know you did in the sense. Well, I wouldn't try. I wouldn't even try. Um, yeah, yeah. You people wouldn't even try at this point. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is that I, I think as an artist or even a, a, a viewer of this, watching this stuff and recognizing it, I think that's the important part. 
not so much it needs to change or, you know, needs to be re-edited or like, oh, you know, this canceling thing that people do. No, it's just oh, this is what we did and we acknowledge it and we move on, you know? Yeah, I, I, I it's the one thing I just, I, I wish I'd mitigated it somewhat and I didn't, but, uh, you know, it was a different time and I certainly didn't mean to, to, uh, to use it to use some of the words I used and, and uh, now were I, you familiar with Monica and Lacey uh, or uh, Monica and Leanna uh, Creel here the twins yeah the twins well actually they're triplets yeah I know that they're they were in like the parent trap film and and stuff like that but uh, I mean many this is Monica and Leanna at this point uh who who are very funny in real life as well uh yeah. can you talk about working with them a little bit i'd never uh i'd never heard of them never met them or anything but we became very friendly on set um we got along just fine uh they're a couple of you know smart hipsters and uh you know you could make a movie with them uh, everybody everybody could take be a lead in these films you know uh, everyone in this film could carry a movie on their own and uh yeah I, I i enjoyed them well they became uh pretty successful in their company and producing it themselves so they you know they're still in the industry oh cool yeah and then i i think i made the scene a little too bloody in here sorry <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done that i just you know we dumped it on her. we dumped a bucket of blood on her and uh but we're friends to this very day. 25 years later, we're great friends. And, uh, oh yeah. And she was great in Repo Man too. That's why I wanted her. And these girls are so fucking brutal. Why? You wrote it. I know. I, I just don't know why. I think I was an alert of Sam Peckinpah at the time. And I still am. I think he's a fantastic, great, wonderful filmmaker. You know, I mean, he's not Pedro Almodovar, but he's great. And uh, I just, I took some uh, leading provocative uh, aspects of his, his work. Where, and he had much more that was more subtle. And I, I used it. It was sort of, you know, Every film has a mistake, and this was one. And and uh, you know, but you know, they're they're angry, they're pissed off, they're they're girls, and you know, Vanessa is, is in jail because of the word of a of a person who's in a higher case, and so they're all they all suffer from that, and and. Uh, And I portray it, and, and you know, there's things that we're making fun of that we're not making fun of, but there's things that have comedic elements, but they're rooted in stuff that's very serious. So it's easy to go over at times, and 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 uh, I did. Every film in in the world has a mistake, and we didn't make many. I'll tell you that. I think we have an actor coming up that's uh, 
Oh no, that's another film I did. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, guy from uh, Saving Private Ryan. That's another film. What else? This was comedy, completely. It it was uh, turned into comedy by Alana. I was happy with it. I let everybody do what they wanted because everybody moved honestly, you know, and, and we're in that, uh, that, that place. Oh, Alana. Yeah, and it's kind of neat to see, you know, like I said, with their, with, their, with their friendship, whether you like, you know, the Legally Blonde films or not. I mean, they've had, uh, you know, quite the friendship through the years and still making films together, which is kind of neat, you know. We also had a wonderful cine cinematographer, John Thomas. He, he, we got him from uh, that, that show, uh, Law and Order. He, he had done a lot of those. Boy, they've been around a long time. And uh, he, he just got it. He was he was so fun to work with and, and uh, a good guy. Ah, uh, isn't that sweet? I'm sorry I broke your nose. <laughs> No, it's it's a it's a good little. I, I don't know. It, it it shows a little. Even though they're both, you know, uh, you know, quote unquote criminals, they, there is this humanity, uh, you know, behind it. Even though they, she just slashed that uh, police officer uh, in a very brutal way, and and it, and it stopped and stopped Susan Barnes after death. This was the beginning of, uh, of Brooks' uh, part in the film, and there was a uh, there was some controversy here. First, there were people who said, "We don't want Brooke. Why are you getting Brooke Shields?" And I wanted her. I loved her, especially after seeing um, uh, Storyville, uh, Pretty Baby, about Storyville in New Orleans. And uh, I put a wolf up here. Uh, a statue of a wolf. I put it on the table and it was huge. And everybody says, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And I did it because I wanted to, to be true to the uh, Little Red Riding Hood uh, motif going on. And, uh, see? And, uh, and why are you doing that? It's, it's going to look stupid. I thought it looked great. And, uh, let's see. What, what else right here? Oh, yeah, um, I won't say anything. I won't reference this until it happens because I don't want to give stuff away. Anyway. Uh, oh, no, that's okay. Oh, I mean, most, people that, most people that are going to listen to this have already seen the movie. I don't think oh, they're okay. fresh, so you can go right ahead and anything that pops in your head. All right. Uh, <laughs> they... They were all asking me why would Reese kill her? Why would uh, Brooke kill herself? And, and uh, why wouldn't she? Uh, when she realizes he's like this sexual serial killer and all that, and, and there was like a, a 
like a revolt, but it was only from the guys. The women understood it. Uh, you know, if you're married to a serial killer and you just find out about it, you, if you're unbalanced, you might kill yourself. It's conceivable. I mean, this yeah. guy's been this guy's been having sex with you for years. You know, he's been in your body. And uh, well, it's also their image that they that obviously this family has. Yeah. You know, um, you know, they're they look like they're, you know, at every neighborhood function at the top of their game. But it is unexpected. That's the thing. It is a little unexpected. Yeah. Uh, which but I it's understandable. A lot. Yeah. I mean, I if I was a woman knowing I'd been having sex with Ted Bundy for, you know, a decade, I'd, <laughs> I'd consider it myself. And uh Anyways, lovely. <laughs> and here we go. Oh, the cops are all reading pornography. <laughs> little, little things that, you know, you might miss, but that's what they're doing. Now, Bob is a fugitive. Oh, and this scene. Oh, my God. Reese didn't realize that every person on this street every single person was either taken out of a bar two doors down or the people she's waving at that pull over are real she thinks they're actors and they're not and i didn't realize she didn't know so she's hitting on all these guys and they don't know that's reese witherspoon sitting in the street that guy's real i mean that guy's an actor but that's the only one yeah and she got in the car with him, and when she got out, she was like so disgusted. See, she thinks that's an actor. She was very repulsed. <laughs> she was mad at me. She got the car. She said, I'm sick to my stomach. All right. Just start smelling. I'll take care of you. Right where you're sitting. Pay $25. Look at that. Go. And then the crew revolted, and there was one thing I couldn't do. Um, <laughs> it was a scene. In New York, women would lean into cars so just their legs were sticking out so that they could go down on their customer. Mm -hmm. And I had a girl doing it, driving, and another woman <laughs> leaning over like that, and they revolted. And I'm glad I got this color. Look at this color and look how beautiful she is with it. Just gorgeous. I'm such a fan. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great shot. That should have been the, that should have been on the poster. Oh well. She's quite a beautiful girl. Yeah, her makeup is uh, is very well done in that scene. But those leaves just really make it pop. Something I learned, I always, always look for that ivy. 
and color and all that stuff and really think about it. I mean, I love the, I, I, I love the graffiti and all that, but that, that green, that's Reese's color. Go Reese. I, <laughs> he didn't want to get naked. I don't blame him. But I was mad at him. Oh, it was so mean. You know, he never gets out of that trunk. <laughs> well, that's you know, the other thing about this is, you know, with, and this is a question for you, was it an intentional to have kind of like an anti-hero in a sense of, of what she changed? Because she's not the worst person, you know, because we obviously have the killer, but she's, not a great person either you know well, she, you know if you were if you were in the trunk of that car you'd think she was the worst person that ever lived yeah yeah exactly he's not getting out I, I i think what are we supposed to think he's gonna die in there <laughs> i liked flo i don't remember her name but i liked her Oh, we're coming to the, we're coming to the wild conclusion. It's all wrapping up now. There's grandma. And we're in Stockton. And that trailer park, whoa. I met a girl on the tra in the trailer park that lived there. And I really went for her. And I was putting her in the movie and I sent her into wardrobe. And the wardrobe, the hair woman came out and she was really mad at me. And I said, what's the matter? And she said, that girl, I started doing her hair and it's filled with lice. And 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 I, I had infected her trailer with lice. Ooh. <laughs> I, we didn't go out. Grandma, I like this thing. Grandma, and this is our wrap up with, uh, you know, of course, our little Red Riding Hood um, portion of things. Yeah, yeah. It's a, well, the last thing has to be Little Red yeah. Riding Hood, of course. Maybe I should just move to a trailer. I've been all over the world these last twenty years. And I haven't seen a trailer park anywhere. I think we're the only ones who have them. Oh, and this was when Dan wanted to kill Wolf, Wolfgang. Wanted to kill him for nearly running him down.
and the stunt double of Reese, which is just coming up in a minute, was the woman is the woman who plays uh, Tinkerbell at Disneyland when the you know at the at midnight when she goes across the whole park. Mm -hmm. I think she broke a bone, so we had to get another Tinkerbell and then another, and they were all on, and we ended up with like five of them that they all got injured during the fight scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kiefer was rough on these girls. I don't think he meant to be. Again, like it's just, it is so like filthy, but you just can't help but but laugh at the same time. Oh. Yeah. I think my best review was Dweezil Zappa, Frank Zappa's son. He mm -hmm. wrote something about it. He wrote a review about it and something, and it was great. I mean, he loved it. He thought it was the coolest movie ever. And I was very, very, very uh, impressed with myself at that point. I love the Zappas. Now, through through this uh, coming out and through the history of the film, um, how often does it come up in your career and people come back and you know praise Freeway? And I, I mean, this did this this was a, a film that had a, a very great life um you know maybe a little rocky at first but it, it's 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 kind of become you know like i said a big cult favorite yeah i'm i'm pleased with it but i've only had people come up to me in foreign countries a few in america yeah that's true um and i i did get a girlfriend out of it actually at one point who was that um but yeah. Yeah, I got a girlfriend out of it. What what more can you ask for, honestly? We were together a couple of years and I knew her because she just loved Freeway. And, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he got in touch with me. Again, the cinematography in this is just between kind of the composition and just the use of colors. And you mentioned Modovar okay. earlier, um, who I think is the master of of using color palettes and and telling a story through color. But some odd laugh. <laughs> and voila.
Gladys Freeway, my my opus. I mean, it's a hell of a debut. It's a hell of a debut. Yeah, it was. Well, is there any uh, last words as you would like to say about this film and it's kind of, uh, you know, life and, uh, you know, um, this is going to have another life when it comes out with, with the yeah. rest that's going to uh, be with this film and, uh, uh, you know, it's going to reach a new audience is essentially what is, what is uh, the most important part. I just, I'm glad y'all like it. And uh, it, it makes me very, very happy because, you know, it's nice to do something to please people now and then. And, and I reached a lot of people with it and I'm just thankful for that. And, uh, I'm glad they still like it. That's really it. <laughs>